Everybody. Wow, you guys see my voice is getting better and better. You better, you guys better be glad you can say you knew Naja before she became a pop star and when she was a podcaster. So <laughs> welcome to another episode of I Know I'm Crazy with Naja Hall. Today I have an amazingly talented woman here with me. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about her. I'm talking to Megan. Megan is a managing partner of Freed Marcroft, a Connecticut law firm that devotes its practice exclusively to divorce and family law. Who? Because you all know y'all need it. Megan is particularly experienced with alternative dispute resolution, including arbitration, mediation, and she's a graduate of Harvard Law School's program on negotiation. Ooh. I believe. And she supplemented her formal legal education with advanced training in mediation. She's a member of the Connecticut Council of Non-Adversarial Divorce. And that's what we're going to be spending a lot of time talking about today. Megan has been widely recognized for her leadership in the legal community. She was included on the New England Super Lawyers Rising Star list in 2013 for general litigation. 2014 for her state planning work and again in 2015 through 2020 for family law i can go on and on and on talking about megan's accolades but let's hear from the woman herself megan how are you hi there megan freed everybody let's give her a round of applause thank you so much naja it's such a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate you having me and I'm very excited to have this conversation. It's a much needed conversation because, you know, when we hear of divorce, we think, oh my God, I'm going to have to spend a lot of money. This is going to be very painful. And I'm going to war with a person who I once loved, who used to be my family member. But you, Megan, you are an advocate for other forms of getting us out of our situations what made you decide to do this though like what why didn't you just go for the big bucks like everybody else yeah huh okay <laughs> wait should i have started no. With that question? no no i like that i like that question so he, so here's the thing we we really really want people to have the best possible divorce that they can on the way to the life that they really want to live, right? There is a way to be, um, there's a way to be okay with the fact that a relationship is ended and happy that it existed and still not want to be in it, right? That doesn't mean that you have to like burn down the house over it. Now, some people, uh, there are times, right? There are, there are situations where you are, you're, partner has a substance abuse issue or mental health issues and or it is has a high conflict personality you're 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 gonna have a long and expensive divorce that's just it's just gonna be that way yeah. but for other people there's definitely other paths that they can take that kind of honor what they had between the two of them any children all all of that and still allow them to have a different life going forward. Mm. So basically, I don't want you to crash and burn just because I'm not with you anymore. I, wow. That, yeah. that... Or like, I don't want to crash and burn, even though I am madder than hell. 
Am I allowed to say how? Absolutely. Okay, great. You say what you want to say to get your point across, <laughs> Megan Freed. Okay. The only rule I have great. here is say what you say what's on your mind. Perfect. <laughs> okay. So you decided, hey, listen, there's another way to do this. There's another way to exist post-marriage, post-cohabitating. What did your colleagues say? I always like to know, like the people that are closest to us that see where we're going, because we know that there is money to be made, trust funds to be built, college funds mm -hmm. for our own children to be um, supported when we ask clients or encourage clients to pursue adversarial divorces because that means all these billable hours. So how, what's the reception? Like when people see you in court, I would love to know what the other attorneys think when they see So, you know, there are a lot of, it's, there, there are a lot of lawyers who more and more, especially people that have done this over the time. Like if you think about back to the eighties and those, those like big divorce movies, like War Ooh. of the Roses and yes. things like that. Yikes. I mean, the, the lawyers that lived through that time, a lot of them, as they get further along in their careers are like, you know, I, we just, we don't want to see families going through that because every, it just takes a toll on everyone. What are you really winning? right? There are some issues you have to fight about because you can't live with the alternative. But most things, most things, there is something in the middle that everyone can live with. Because like, if you think about how there are, there's, we have a finite amount of time and a long divorce is going to take a whole bunch of it. And at the end of it, what you get, what you're going for has to be really worth the amount of time you're investing and the amount of money you're spending. Yeah. Also, your relationships with your other family, with your kids who are going to pick up on this in some form or another, Inevitably right? pick up on it. Yep. Inevitably, inevitably. So I think it's like, it is a growing, it is a growing movement to try and help people who are able to reach decisions on their own out of court. And I'm not talking about like, you know, very few people are able to just reach an agreement on their own. Yeah. That makes any sense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not like they probably are missing something. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think that there are a lot of tools to help people figure out what would be something they can live with and get them the hell out of it. Cause here's the other thing as a practical matter, Naja, like we don't want repeat clients, right? I don't want you to come to me for your second divorce. I want you to wind up in a relationship that's amazing. Right. What we want is for you to send your sister, your friend, your boss, right? We some want referrals. You to, don't come yeah. back. We want you to send people you care about. And I just think that the way to do that is to help you have the best divorce you possibly can. That is yeah, the, if that, yeah, if, that right? even, if those words even go in the same sentence, I, I, I mean, I get it. I see what you're saying. So um, have you had cases where because all of us have been taught to think because of those movies that we watched. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to take them for everything. You're never going to see the kids again. Uh, you cheated <laughs> on me with your secretary and now I want half your 401, you know, like all yeah. this stuff. That's just not real life for most of us. Right. 
and people are coming to you hurt. I know they are coming yeah. to you from a place of like you like sweetheart, you need a therapist or a coach. Like you do not right. I don't want to hear all this. Have you how do you turn a client that who could possibly who has a potential to be a super high conflict client? Have you ever seen any like light bulb moments where you yeah. just okay. So speak yeah. to that a little bit because I know okay. not everybody has to be high conflict, but there's something you could say. What's what's what are the magic words? So one of the magic phrases is what would you tell your friend? Right? Uh-huh. So that doesn't always work though. Sometimes <laughs> that I would, tell, him he's an I would tell her to kill him. <laughs> right. right. I would tell him he's a demon from hell and right. he deserves right. to burn. Okay, not that. But really, not that. really, like what what would you do if you took yourself out of your situation? Another way to do it for some people, I mean you you're a coach, you know all you you know this, but like if you took yourself and put yourself in the future five years or in the future 10 years, what will I wish I what will I wish I did? And I think like part of the problem with all those movies is they make it seem like it's a zero sum game. It's either soul custody or, you know, like yeah. you get all the, you get the children hundred percent of the time or I do. And it's really like, that's not even the reality of how it works most of the time. That's not even but, how you want it to be because who wants no. to do it all the time? No, but in terms of in terms of somebody who has the potential to be really high conflict making this switch, I I think that one of the key things is remembering that you are responsible for your hundred percent of the decisions that you make. And your ex is responsible for a hundred percent of the decisions that they make. And the way you own that hundred percent. What I'm talking about here is not being a victim, right? He slept mm. with the secretary. He slept with the secretary. Mm. But what's on you is how you deal with it. Are you going to like make your little kids not see their dad over it? Yeah. Mm. Right? Yeah. You can be mad, but you're ultimately the one who gets to decide, you know what? I'm going to get through this thing and I'm going to go have a great life. I'm going to spend more time traveling. I haven't, you know, I used to. I used to love running. I didn't, I gave up running during the relationship. Like whatever the things are that this is an opportunity you have for you to recreate it. If you spend your energy on building a life rather than being pissed off that someone else made the decisions he made, you're going to be happier. Are you sure you're a, you're a, a lawyer and not a coach? I know. Because you were talking about coachy stuff. I love I it. Know. I love it. <laughs> so part of the reason I really wanted you to come here on the show is because you have so much experience with helping people through divorce. I know that you have personally probably seen, like we just mentioned those angry personalities. You've <laughs> gotten to witness the switch and you've seen how that's benefited them. But then you've also gotten to see how the people that were determined to remain angry and nasty and contentious and litigious, you also yeah. see how they turn out. So then what yep. happens to those people as a whole? We all kind of know the answer to that, but I want to hear Megan say it. Let's just say it. I mean, they keep, they keep living the life that they keep doing the exact same thing they've always done. Um, so for example, when he has the affair, I'm just going to kind of riff on your thing, like the yeah. affair with the secretary, right? Mm -hmm. That's not, that's not your fault. He, that's an, uh, he did a bad thing. Right. But when you react to it, like he did something to you and you abdicate, your own free will and decision-making to him, 
then you're going to go look for another persecutor to blame for the next thing, right? So then you didn't get sole custody of the kids because he's a fine dad. So now it's my fault as your lawyer, right? Um, and then yeah. you go out on a date with someone and you're trying to rebound and and it doesn't work out. And then it's the fault of your aunt who set you up with him, right? It's just it's a always conscious, somebody's fault. It's always somebody always somebody else it's always someone else that's a really destitute place to to exist in. Miserable. that's a really miserable place so because you've advocated for and it sounds like you're like you're pro-family i love attorneys yeah. that are like listen i know i'm representing this person but i'm still on the side of the family right um which is something that we're missing at the core of um our legal system it's become something else in my opinion and so you know what a good relationship looks like and you kind of yep. know what a not good one looks like before i get into my super serious questions have you ever had anybody to come to you and they file for divorce and tell you all these awful things about their soon-to-be ex and then they're like oh megan uh we're trying it again never mind how totally. does that happen mm, few times a year yeah it definitely happens and they'll and and also you know what else happens they come back and say never yeah. mind Damn. And then they, yeah, <laughs> right. So it's like for some people, some people wait a really long time to make the decision to divorce and they get stuck in analysis paralysis, right? Where they're like, oh, you know, well, well, how much alimony will I get? Well, it doesn't matter if you want to stay married. What do you care? Will I get to keep the house? If you want to stay married, what do you care? Make the decision. That's when you do not talk, you know, like not people like me, like, coaches, mental health professionals, yes. like figure out what you want. And then we'll talk Come about the impact. Right? Cause you know what I do. They know what you're going to, you do. Exactly. So they, yeah, I, you know, I figured that they always kind of come back. They're like, you know what? Yeah. That was not what I thought it was going to be, or they were more of the same. All right. So I want to talk about some of the lessons. I want to talk some, um, you know, we don't, we've thrown out so many statistics here on I Know I'm Crazy, mm -hmm. but I want to talk about some of the real stuff that you've seen, like some of the lessons that you learn on relationships and marriage since you've yeah. been working with couples for how yep. many years? Double oh digit years at, at this yeah, point. Yeah, like 12 now. Yeah. 12 years. So I want to know, because that's a long time to be able, be in a position to be, have like an eagle eye view. Um, I love this. I love this part. So right? amazing. Yes. Because you want to take everything that you can. Like sometimes we just grow and change, right? And and you're you, you just it doesn't make sense to continue with someone where you're no longer a match, right? That's that's one thing. It's not really what we're talking about here. We're talking about like there were things that I did in this relationship that I don't want to keep doing. This is mm. personal responsibility again, right? Ooh, that's I don't want to keep doing it. You know, that's a curse word to some people. Personal right? responsibility. What? Ugh, <laughs> hard. Um, so I think one of the things that you one of the key tips that I always like to give is to avoid using words like always and never, mm. right? You never compliment me. You always say that to me. It's almost never true. <laughs> right? It's almost never true. Yes. And so using words like that are, are really put your partner in a way where they're like, they're just like, well, what's the point then? 
right? right. If you actually think that I always feel this way or think I'm this not going to do it then. Like, yeah, forget it. I may as well do it. You know, that's something yeah. we call catastrophizing. Everything oh, is so freaking, freaking catastrophic. Never, always. So it becomes that self-fulfilling prophecy is what you're saying. You say I never do it, so now I'm not going to do it. Does your partner share kids with a loony? Are your stepkids driving you up a wall? Is your partner failing miserably at setting boundaries? Well, VIP Stepmom is where you need to be. We're an exclusive private community just for stepmoms, and we'd love for you to join our tribe. Each month, our members enjoy private conversations, podcasts, expert workshops, a subscription to Stepmom Magazine, and monthly live Zoom meetings. If you're ready to join a diverse community that is committed to making sure you live your best life, visit VIP Stepmom today. We'll save a seat for you. VIP, VIP, Stepmom, that's you and me. Yeah. And I know, and another thing that I always, I, I also like to talk about is I really think there's the thing, and this is more of a thing based upon my non-scientific research, but working with people, men do this more than women, but there'll be a point, uh, there'll be a point early on where their spouse is unhappy and is talking about it. And there might be some marriage counseling or something like that. And then it just kind of goes away. Well, it didn't go away, right? She decided to stay until the kids hit X age. That's what happened, Uh. right? Because people aren't talking doesn't mean it's okay. Like you need to actively work on knowing what each other's goals, priorities, like personal, professional are. And make sure you're having those conversations and not just hoping, see no evil, hear no evil, right? That everything is fine. That's another one. And then the other thing, and this is for the people. I with love these, kids. Megan. I freaking, I, y'all, I'm <laughs> over here taking notes, guys, like I'm her client. I love these. I hope you guys are taking notes. Just make sure that one of the things you do is find time to be with your partner where you are not parenting, right? Like, I don't care if it's, it doesn't have to be a whole full-blown vacation, although I want it to be. It can be a weekend. It could be at least a date night. Like you just need to make sure that you have regular time with your person that is not about being mommies and daddies. Mm -hmm. Otherwise that relationship will turn into being parent, a parenting, a co-parenting relationship, not like a romantic relationship. I think I for, I forget who it was that said this, or maybe I read it, or maybe it was a meme on Instagram. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, we, we, you know, we get our sources so mixed up, you know. Um, they said that it wasn't somebody in the legal field, and they said that they had seen very few percent, a very small percentage of child-centered marriages work, but they'd seen a hundred percent of child-centered divorces work. And I was wow. like, I was like, damn. That's amazing. And that's Yeah, that's that makes perfect sense to me. It makes a it's a it's a really it's a way that's of saying something that's like a smack in the face. Because like yeah, you said, but, we can get so lost in parenting that we forget how these kids got here. Right. <laughs> and there's also a comfort in that, right? Yeah. Because the comfort the, the the one of the comforts in that is that I some of 
we have some wonderful stories where people like where one person really didn't want the divorce, right? And then they wind up being these amazing co-parents, like stories about like Christmas at the in-laws at post-divorce, like they're really fabulous co-parents and mm-hmm. now each have new relationships. And it's like, it can really work. So the deal is, if it turns out that you're more parents than you are spouses, maybe you should be more parents than you are. Like maybe you should kind of explore the other side and then find somebody that, oh, people aren't ready for that conversation though, Megan. I know. They're not, I don't even think they're gonna, you know, guys don't, don't click off to the next podcast. Keep listening, (laughs) go back to rainbow land, okay? I know that what she just said was uh, kind of hard to hear. It's kind of hard to digest, but that's why we need to have these conversations. Who typically would, would file for, is women. it equal? Oh, yeah. it's women? Yeah, like 75%. Damn, really? Yep. So the guys, what are they doing? They're just lagging their feet. They're with their secretaries and they're too busy to file. I don't know. Why am I going back to the secretary thing? But what, why? <laughs> I think that, I think that women make a lot of decisions in the relationship and in the family. Mm. And, and I think this is one of them, including when it should end. That's not fair because- it's a lot of pressure. That's not fair because I, I'll bet you what happens is a guy will coast for years and years and years under the comfort of having a live-in cook, somebody access to his kids every day, not having to pay support and alimony, knowing that he's making this woman miserable and still put the responsibility of ending the situation that he knows should have already ended on her. That's really lazy. And that sucks. Yeah, I think that perhaps a different, it's interesting because it's like, there's a certain part of the relationship that you have that meets your needs. Like, I think that there's a Mm. big fear of being alone Mm. that can drive either the delay in getting a divorce or the absence of the decision, like letting somebody else make it. Yeah. Um, that's like, you know, that's a legitimate fear. The, the fear of being alone, but it's, like being in an unhappy marriage isn't the way to fix it. Like, I don't know, take yourself to a bar and have dinner by yourself. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I know that with your, with prospective clients, when somebody calls you for a consultation, um, especially in the days before you um, started to do arbitration and mediation, um, I know you probably were not at liberty when a person was telling you their story, their experience to say, honey, you need to just go ahead and leave and pack it up. But have there, you know, what are the non-negotiables that you've heard, but you just kind of weren't at liberty to say? Besides abuse, obviously. um, But what were the, some of the things that you're just like, damn, you need to leave like yesterday. So, yeah. So you hit on the obvious ones. The obvious ones are like, it's a violent situation or there's a significant substance abuse. That's then it's like, forget the divorce, get the hell out. Right. Um, Restraining order call yes. please, et cetera. Um, and, and I'll tell you, like, I, I just say it. There are what? people where I'm like, there, what? I, there, look, like why, you know, you're, when, you know, the old analogy about the, like a fish doesn't know he's in water. 
Yeah. Right. Or those, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The lobster doesn't know that the pot of water is boiling or whatever I'm mixing to, but in any case, people that are in situations where it's like so obviously a miserable relationship aren't really aware of it because it's happened like incrementally over time. So a lot of the cases is like, if someone keeps threatening to leave you, well, that's messed up. Right. Or if someone, um, I'm trying to like, not use any violence examples. Like if someone, um, if someone is manipulating you and telling you that if you leave them, you'll be destitute. If you leave them, you'll never see the kids. Like it, that is not a reason to stay. So when you hear that someone is staying only because of fear, I don't mean like violence fear. I mean, like fear of what happens if they don't, I'm going to, do you know what, like, so Let's talk about Kim Kardashian and Kanye for a second, right? Woo, so let's talk about it. Yes. Let's talk about that. So <laughs> hot miss. So sure, right? Like he has what appear to be, from those of us that don't know anything, some pretty significant issues in his life, right? She has little kids and she's trying to figure out if she can stay with him or not stay with him. One of the things that articles talked about is how she had a divorce plan. We do that more and more now, like where someone calls and they're like, I'm working on it with him. We are seeing a therapist or, you know, we're working, you know, we're, we're actively working on the relationship, but, but if that doesn't work or he doesn't get sober or what, you know, like if one of the things that I need to happen doesn't happen, I want a plan. And wow, so that is it's so like good. in case of emergency, break glass. Yes. Break glass is I go to my mom's house for the weekend. And then after that, I'm going to go stay at my sister's and the kids are going to come with me and we're going to figure it out. And this is my lawyer's number. And this is my therapist number. Wow, <laughs> my a plan, number. a, a freaking divorce plan. That's yeah, calling amazing. a divorce lawyer and making a plan doesn't mean you've decided to get divorced. Just means if you need it, like, this is what I'm going to do because the day he can't, the day you can't take it anymore, right? The day it becomes clear that whatever the issue is, isn't going to resolve. You don't want to then be scrambling to figure out what you're, that's what people do. That's what people do. That's why they end up getting gobsmacked and egg on their face because but you know it sounds like planning god it it sounds like you're planning on the marriage to fail and i know that's nah i know that's not what it is but it just you're like no you're trying to you're planning on how to take care of your kids and yourself in case it does it's the same thing as a prenup right a prenup is like that wouldn't do custody or anything like that it just it's like hey if this doesn't, if this doesn't, this marriage doesn't work out. I actually love you so much that I'm going to take care of you financially in the future. And I'm going to explain to you how I'm going to do it going in. Whew, right? That's a nice way to put it because <laughs> a little romantic, that's a little romantic to, to but yeah. I see what you're saying. A divorce plan. How many of you yep. guys out there? I really want to hear from you all like in the comments, um when we post this podcast i really want to hear how you all feel about that does does the thought of a divorce plan does it make you feel anxious and antsy 
Now, I'm not talking about doing it like not right now. At not your either. honeymoon. <laughs> I'm talking like, about hey, honey, so we're going on. Yeah. And one of the alternatives might be ending the relationship. So but when yeah. is a good time to do start your, even if you're just doing it in your head, is it a good time to start it when you're saying, oh, this marriage actually might not work out? Like, when yeah. should you start? I think that's when you seriously, most happily married people aren't really thinking about I think I might need to, to consider a divorce, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you think about, I need, I might need to consider a divorce. You're going to want to talk to someone who can help you think through that. Like really, what do you want? Right. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the folks that do what you do, right. Mm-hmm. Not the folks that do what I do yeah. where I come in early is if it's a real possibility. Um, if you need it, you want to know okay, the oxygen mask drops down and I put it on myself. Like, this is my plan. It sounds like one of the worst things to happen to you is for you to wake up one day and say, okay, this marriage is over. Who do I call? What do I do? You literally yeah. have no clue. Like, you don't have to make it worse on yourself. You can get ahead sounds of all like you're going to make it way worse. So I've always had this theory or one thing that I've seen from my experience as a coach and just watching people go through the process of falling in love, then falling out of love, then trying to <laughs> uncouple, however they decide to do it, mm-hmm. is long before we come see you. The marriage has ended a long time ago. Oh, yeah. You know, and I know there's no way to quantify it in terms of, of months, years, or days, but how are you able to tell, just from your very long, double-digit, 12 years of experience, when, all right, this is, can you pinpoint when exactly that marriage was over? Like, is there something that, um, a common thread hmm. that people will tell you? Like, I don't know. I, yeah, I, th- I think that this happens mostly. It mostly comes up with the people that are struggling to make the decision, right? On whether or not to divorce. And they, it's, it's often really clear to us on our end that yeah. they're, the marriage is over. They just are sad, yeah. right? And that's all. Of course, of course they're sad. I mean, in a lot of cases, those people are that they, they really wanted a certain life and they really had, they were really attached to the vision of that life. And it's hard for them to see through to either a new vision or that vision with a different person. Yeah. And they really just get jammed up and they're just, wanting your spouse to change is not even your spouse wanting to change themselves in in a way that'll make you happy it's just it's just not we, we ultimately change for ourselves we don't change for other people mm, this is true this is true so i know people probably look at you so crazy when you say <laughs> oh my god divorce can lead to positive growth and make you <laughs> right? a better person <laughs> Megan, what the hell are you talking about, though? Like, why would you even insinuate that? How is that going to make somebody a better person and lead to positive growth? How? How? Some of it is just as simple as if you can do this, if you can have the courage to change your life in a way that allows you to be happy, you are, you are unleashing yourself, right? This is a okay. huge. Keep going, break it down. Cause I'm not there yeah. with you yet. Okay. 
So, you know, when you work with your clients, right. And you're encouraging them to do positive things to, to, and make, and take ownership and make decisions, right. For a lot of people, if you're going home at night and you're literally living in an incubator of the thing that is making you unhappy, getting out of it makes your makes your future open, right? It's a blank slate you get to write on. And it it really like I'm I'm divorced. And to me, I I love the life I'm living now so much more than the life I was living. It made me open a divorce law firm, right? Like I (laughs) didn't do divorce (laughs) derivative litigation. Yeah. Right. I, I was like this this whole thing letting people, giving people the opportunity to make this transformation. It was good while it lasted. It's not right anymore. Or it was terrible while it lasted. It's definitely not right anymore. It doesn't matter what it is. The only thing we have that's finite is time. And I say this all the time. And my wife, Kristen, who's also my law partner, it drives her crazy because She's like, Megan, you're freaking people out. But I'm like, (laughs) one of the things I'm constantly saying is, look, you're dying. Do you want to talk to me in another year? Or would you prefer to like do this, do it now, get get through it and go on and have 45 years of life instead of 40 years of life? It's just the work on the relationship, go to the therapist do discernment counseling, do whatever you need to do to make the decision. But once you've made the decision, man, roll it out because we're dying. And yeah. that's what drives her crazy. Cause she's mm. like, people don't like to be reminded. She's like, don't say it dying. like that. Nobody wants Stop to talk saying about death. death, Megan. <laughs> we're like, I'm one of those people too, that has like a very holistic, realistic view of death. It's like, that's one thing that we're all guaranteed. We don't know when we don't know the moment or the hour, but honey, it's, but we know it's eat the ice cream. go on that trip like do it you know so other forms aside from litigation arbitration mediation what's the difference you know okay so the other one's collaborative law okay yeah so so mediation is like mediation give us the kindergarten answer because a lot of us might not know because we're used to fighting on this podcast (laughs) yeah Yeah, we're like We're gangster. We're gangster court. We're fighting. We're arbitrary. We're litigating, honey. We ain't mediating or, you know, so teach us something different. So let's start there. Let's start with litigating, right? So there's like, there's what you can imagine. Like we're fighting in court. And then there's litigation where you don't fight in court. You wind up working it outside of court and it's fine, right? There's high and low conflict litigation. Mm -hmm. That's fine. It's great. Then there's this thing called collaborative divorce. Mm -hmm. That's where you agree you won't go to court. And you meet with mental health people and financial people to help reach a resolution outside of court. Then there's arbitration. I should have talked about that before. That's like hiring your own judge and having them decide. Right. So it's like a lot like litigation, but it happens faster and it more privately. So you're not waiting on court dates and three months down the line. Oh, correct. You pay your, you pay the arbitrator, but the whole thing can happen a lot more quickly. And the arbitrator still has the right and the legal privilege to, when you submit them, like, Hey, this is our family document. 
This yep. is what we're coming up with. They submit that into law. They sign it and oh, you they sign it and then they enter it. It's, it varies from state to state. So talk to a lawyer in your state. But generally okay. speaking, you can have an arbitrator serve as the decision maker in your divorce. You can have you'll have an agreement. And generally speaking, that can become your order, your court order. Wow. So you yeah. obviously, you know, you're very well versed in divorce. And that means now you're dealing with divorce with kids. Right. When you're seeing people come in with cases, divorce with kids, is is it, I would assume that it's a lot more difficult to just say, hey, we're going to mediate, we're going to arbitrate. If these people are hurt, because most people I know are hurt, they're angry, yeah. they're coming to you. So then how do you convince them to say, like, you need, honey, mediate, arbitrate. Avoid you know what happens a lot of times um they're not ready to make that decision at the beginning so it starts as a litigation okay but we just don't immediately right <laughs> she just we did just... the uh knocking fist guys oh, you can't sorry, see her not on video I've no it's okay right? she, they we're can't just see. like knocking fists right we don't <laughs> we don't immediately start yeah. pounding pounding at each other right <laughs> what we do is we start a litigation and then we see if there aren't some agreements we can reach. And sometimes you might like involve a mediator to help you decide something or an arbitrator to help you decide something. Mm -hmm. So it's like trying to bring down the heat on a litigation. Mm. So you're saying it's not really gonna be worth it for you to go and spend all this, these hours when we're gonna come up with the same thing anyway. Right? Mm. <laughs> I see. Or something better? Because like, for example, say you have one parent who's an ER doctor and another parent who works part time, right? Well, how a judge is not gonna be able to figure out a parenting schedule that truly works for your family. Not but the all. two of you are. Right. Like, and I don't mean alone. Like, I mean, the two of you with your lawyers or the two of you with like a counselor who works with kids, like, you know, the schedule for a three-year-old is different than a schedule for an eight-year-old or a 12-year-old or a 14-year-old. You're not going to get a graduated parenting plan that anticipates like that one kid plays hockey and You're another kid dances. That. You're not going to get that from court, right? So it's like, look, you retain a lot more control if we figure out a way for you to make your own decisions without a judge. Right. So then how do you, because I know sometimes people have to come in for amendments. Once they get their orders, decree, yeah. it's worked for five years, and now it's not working anymore. Yeah. Um, then it, what about the process of coming in and changing this one or two little things? I think a lot of people don't do it because they think it costs them $20,000. And it can be really, it can, you know, this is like that. This is like, kind of like our planning discussion, because it's one of those things like, while you agree, <laughs> let's lock it down. Yeah. Right? While you agree, let's, let's do this file. now because they might change let's your mind when the wind now. blows. Yeah. If you agree, we're going to just do an update. We're going to ask the court to approve it. And we're going to be cool. Yeah. Right. We're going to, that is not expensive. Fighting about it later when you always agreed that you would trade Saturdays, but now that you want something else, your your co-parents going back on it and there's nothing in writing because you yeah. never bothered to get a court order. Yeah, that's a bigger problem. Then we're trying to like undo a thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then basically you're saying like, honey, while we're at the table, you just got to throw everything, including the kitchen sink there. 
Like yeah. that might be a probability, a possibility, even five, 10 years from now. Let's like, just put we it all go on there. as far as possible to keep people out of court. So like if oh, we, whatever God. agreements we can reach, like, yeah. you know, I mean, kids grow up, right? The like yeah. middle schooler is different than <laughs> elementary school. Absolutely. We try and anticipate those changes. And the other thing we do in our agreements is when people can handle it, obviously, right, is like we try to build in ways for them to make changes on their own without having to go back to court, right? Whew. And we're talking about two pretty pretty balanced people that are very child-centered and who are yep. not leading with their ego and they're not, uh, you know, kind of- Leading with their ego. That's yeah, well put. Yeah, because, you know, what I learned is just a lot of people, we don't know how to detach from that. And- yeah. We think we're fighting for our kids, but we're really fighting for ourselves. Oh, yes. And also one of the things that people, and they really believe this, right? When they say, you would be amazed how one parent can say that's not in my child's best interest and the other parent can say the exact opposite, right? But they both use the same phrase, Mm -hmm. not in my child's best interest, right? About opposite things. And that means a few things. It means one, we can have really different concepts of parenting and neither of us can be wrong. And we're just going to have to deal with this because we've got these kids together forever. Right. Mm -hmm. It can also be a way to check yourself when you, when you're in your fight and you start to drift into using your kids as the reason why, but Uh oh. Uh oh, kind of stepping on some toes now because yeah, the kids don't, you know, it's like the kid that's not for the kids, honey. Like that's right for you, right? That's not <laughs> for them. Like, oh uh. gosh, you know, Megan, I genuinely and I realize you're in Connecticut. I'm I'm in New York City, so I feel like you're just down the street from me, right? Love like, that. Not even far. Not even far. I feel like me and you have to have like a a coffee or a tea date. Well, really, too, because oh. I'm trying to stay away from coffee. And I'm not drinking oh, wine so right good. now. Yeah, no, I'm not good. I'm not. That's that's. I'm not. Don't give me that much. Uh, I'm just doing it right now for six weeks. So. <laughs> oh, good for you. So whenever you're in the city, or like we have to sit down. And this was such an amazingly easy um, learning experience for me. So I appreciate you coming here today. Oh, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. I love speaking with you. And yes. what? And if you're drinking wine, then we'll drink wine. If, and if yeah. you're drinking tea, then we'll drink tea. Absolutely. Just, you know, whenever, but I feel like you and me, like we got to talk offline. We got to talk outside of this, but absolutely. Everybody, I thank you so much for listening and being here. And I hope that you, um, you felt educated and entertained because I know I did. Megan, tell everybody where we can find you. Cause I got, remember, go to her pages and, and leave her some heart emojis and be like, I, oh, love, I you, would Megan. love that. Tell I us how we that. can find you and support you. So um, our firm is everywhere at freedmarcroft.com. So F-R-E-E-D-M-A-R-C-R-O-F as in Fred, T as in Tom, dot com. <laughs> and you can always find us or you just Google me. I'm Megan Freed. My mom stuck a silent H in there. And <laughs> <laughs> 
Meghan free. Meghan. Meghan free. <laughs> All right, everybody, please go and support Megan Freed and please support her law firm, even if you're not in Connecticut. I mean, oh, yeah, we'll get you somebody who can take care of send you. Her, like send people her way because you know how we are here in the I Know I'm Crazy family. Once you are crazy with us one time, you are part of the crazy crew. I will see <laughs> you guys Tuesday after next on your favorite streaming platform. Thank you so much for listening to I Know I'm Crazy with Naja Hall. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. Naja Hall.